at CES, I meet with this random company called Nreal. So the letter N and then the word real all together. They're making what they're calling mixed reality glasses. These glasses are not a huge headset. It's not like the HoloLens where you have to put on this huge thing or an Oculus Quest or anything like that. It looks like a pair of just a little bit thicker sunglasses. They fold up. You can put them in your pocket. You can hang them on your T-shirt, whatever. So you take these glasses, you unfold them, you put them on. On the right-hand stem, there is a USB-C cable that you can pull out, kind of like a seatbelt, how you can pull it out and it, it comes out of the glasses. And then when you're done, you can store it back in there. You plug it into an Android device, USB-C, a Snapdragon 855 or better processor on your phone, instantly turns your world into mixed reality, instantly. Uses the power of the phone. Plug it in, any Android app becomes a display in your field of view. You could be sitting on a plane, on a bus, standing anywhere. You know, you're just anywhere, living room. You see what's the equivalent of a 110-inch display in front of you. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I'm John Rettinger, and hopefully you missed us. Yes, Geared Up is your weekly, typically it's your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets, but we did take a few weeks off specifically due to the holidays and due to CES. So John, welcome back. I hope you had a great holiday season. I did. We have to change it to Geared Up is your usually weekly podcast for everything technology. Usually it is, but you know, for late December, early January, especially in tech, It's like we're doing our run up to the holidays. We're super busy. Then the holidays come and it's like we finally get a breath. Then CES happens. Yeah. No breathing again for a couple of weeks. And then now we can breathe. And it's a fun time of year, though. I mean, so much tech comes out towards the end of the year. And then January is usually pretty busy for the Android side. There's just a bunch of cool stuff coming and a lot of cool stuff that we saw at CES. So we've been locked and loaded with topics for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So before we jump into CES, though, which if you don't know, it is the Consumer Electronics Show. It is the largest consumer technology trade show in the world, certainly in the country. I think IFA might be bigger. I'm not sure. But before we jump into that, since, as we mentioned, we haven't been on since the holidays. How were your holidays? Did you get anything interesting tech wise? You know, I bought some stuff on Black Friday. I bought the new DJI Mavic Mini to fly with my kids. They've been sort of into drone. Oh, how's that going? It's been fun. You know, it's it's more like they watch me fly. I don't necessarily (laughs) trust them holding a controller that has my phone on it and not to crash the drone, even though it's got (laughs) safety precautions. So that was sort of my big treat to myself for the holidays. Other than that, it was kind of quiet for us. How about you guys? I'd say the same. I actually picked up one of those as well. I have actually never flown a drone because I've always been risk averse to having it like fly off somewhere or get caught in a tree or just something happening. So I picked up one of those and it's actually still here sealed. Like I'm still I'm still scared. Huh. Are these things like I just don't want it to fly off somewhere. So you got one and you've been using it. Is it just is it simple? Can anybody just open this up? It's dead. Fire it up it's- and they're good. It's dead simple. I mean, and I'm I'm not a, a drone expert. You know, I've flown one before, but I'm as novice as you can get with a little bit of experience. Yeah. It's super easy. I mean, it is really. I'm to point where I'm almost letting my kids give it a shot. It's so easy. <laughs> Besides, like flying, how's like the footage? Or did you? Record it's good. It? You know, it's not as as high quality as you know some of the others in the the DJI makes or even the Mavic line. But it's good enough for messing around. You know, it's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to shoot, and uh, it makes for a fun afternoon. Okay. We've had a snow here for the past, I don't know, three or four, not yesterday, but like 
previously, the past three days prior to yesterday, which is snowing here nonstop, which is annoying. But luckily, like both me and my wife work from home. So there's no commuting that needs to happen. So no big deal. But my wife was like, you know, here in why I live in the Seattle area where there's trees everywhere, evergreens, and they're all covered in snow. And she's like, this is so beautiful. If we had a drone, we can get like amazing looking See? footage. And I was like, we have a drone. We do. I don't know how to fly it. So I'm going to trust you because the snow is still out there on all the trees. Oh, Maybe take it, give it a shot today. Su- super easy. So, Andrew. Yeah. I so people don't know, but before we do these podcasts, Andrew and I usually do a call. We talk about a topic yes. we're, going to, we're going to discuss. I have a secret that I did not discuss with you on our call that I was waiting to tease wow. when we were recording on the podcast. So can I tell yeah. you a small secret that we can talk about next week? Oh, okay. Are we going to share it just between you and I, or can the listeners well, also no, this be is for the listeners? This. Okay. I was contacted by Tesla before the holidays mm-hmm. to film okay. something exclusive for them. That had not been filmed in this capacity before. What? And I went on Wednesday to the location to film this for Tesla. So next week, I can talk about what it is before our video comes out on it. And I can share what I saw and what sort of Tesla let us take a look at on next week's Geared Up. Listen, number one, that's cool. Number two... I'm now going to be distracted for the remainder of the show, wondering (laughs) (laughs) what what is going on. Now, obviously, you can't divulge anything. So I'm just going to say my response, which you do not have to give any sort of credence to. Fair enough. So Tesla has released a Model S, Model X, Model 3. These are the vehicles that are on the roads today that are not a secret, that there's no reason to keep secret. True story. Coming from Tesla that has been announced but is not yet for sale to the general public or not yet being driven by the general public. It's pre-orders. Model Y and the Cybertruck. So my guess, this is just my guess, my hunch is that Tesla either brought you in to check out one of those two vehicles or showed you a more advanced version of full self-driving. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So they're solid guesses. Those probably would have been my guesses as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, my hope is actually that it's something totally different than that, just because I like surprises and it would mean something new. So I can divulge a little bit. How about that? Okay. Okay. How about that? It is nothing that you just mentioned. Whoa. Okay. All right. All right. So that, my interest. That, that's as much as I will go. It's not Model Y, not Cybertruck. And unfortunately, it's not the allegedly feature complete self-driving. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to leave it there. And I purposely waited until we were recording to drop this bomb <laughs> on you to gauge the reaction. Genuine. And so next week's Geared Up will lead in with what I filmed for Tesla. There you go. What a teaser. That might be the biggest teaser we've ever had on this show. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was more fun to surprise you. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you, John. And (laughs) next week, as John said, we're going to lead off segment one right out of the gate. John's Tesla information. Moving on to this week's show. Now that I'm uh, half distracted, we're talking about CES. (laughs) Yes. Again, biggest consumer tech. So basically consumer electronics show is kind of it's in the name. Pretty much every company, with the exception of Apple, although Apple was there this year, typically comes to the show and shows current product, but also the main point is to show new product that they're working on that they plan to release sometime in 2020. Although some companies do also show concept products that may or may not ever see the light of day. 
And so it's huge, though. I mean, it's it's all it takes over Las Vegas, It takes over the Las Vegas Convention Center. They're building a new wing to the convention center because it's not big enough, despite how huge it is. It takes over pretty much every hotel conference centers. And this year, 2020, I thought was an interesting year because I felt like a lot of the things that we've been seeing the past few years, this year is actually coming to fruition. So things like 5G, things like 8K, things that have been seen as the future. And I feel like the future is kind of now. 2020 is kind of where all the things we've been talking about the past two or three years are actually going to be available to the average consumer at reasonable prices. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. CES has always been about the future and what's coming. And I feel like this was more of a well-rounded year. But CES is kind of a crazy show. It used to be, yeah. you know, Microsoft would open the show up with a huge keynote. And yes. Usually it was like, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Ballmer would sort of share something giant. And then Microsoft stopped doing that. Yes. So CES is a show that's focused on consumer electronics, which is sort of, you know, in the name, mm-hmm. has kind of waned. It seems like it's transitioning more towards like an automotive TV and like IoT home kind of show. Yeah. It's like that's mostly what's there. And that's cool to see the show kind of evolve and almost like pulsate, you know, and every year you can sort of see it wane and undulate. I thought this was actually a pretty good year for CES after a few a few down years. There were some big reveals, some things we, you know, world reveals, the the Fisker Ocean, you know, the first time right. that, that that car had ever been shown. So that was kind of cool. And a bunch of new technology firsts were, were being shown. So I had a blast this year at CES, sort of more than I'd say even in past years. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I look at each CES as its own place in time, like as I experience it. And every year I kind of see it as, well, despite how huge it is, I'm like, is that it? Like, is this really, is this really it for the industry? But when you look back in time, it's like, it really is a picture of what's important in that time frame. So CES may not be about what Microsoft is doing you know, now, but Microsoft is really these days more about B2B than B2C. They still do Office, they still do Windows, but the reason they're a trillion dollar company is what they're doing in the cloud for businesses. And they're less of a consumer company today than they might have been in, let's just say, 1998, for example. Absolutely. But when you look at what is big, what is the future right now? We are talking about cars. Cars as more than just a piece of technology that gets you from point A Mm -hmm. to point B, but actually cars talking to each other, cars talking to infrastructure, cars driving themselves, cars basically becoming huge gadgets. Yeah. Smart home, making everything in your, basically the smart home is almost similar to the car thing where devices, you should just have one utility, this light, you turn a switch, it turns on, you turn a switch, it turns off. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Now devices can talk not just to the cloud, but they can talk to each other. So you have a a true smart home where your devices in your home can communicate with each other to automatically perform actions, which is I mean, that's crazy. Like for you and I growing up, like this wasn't anything that I assume we expected when we were kids. Like this is not something my son is growing up. It's just normal. No big deal. Yeah. You just speak out into the room and something hears you and just does stuff in your house. So I think you're right. Like CES, it does pulsate. But when you kind of look at each one for when it took place, it kind of does tell you the story of the evolution of technology throughout the years. Agreed. That was very eloquently said. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. Very eloquently said. Now, having said that, there's a lot of cool stuff that we saw at CES this year, right? Yes. 
For sure. So I think one of the cool, and you see it every year, but TVs are are changing like crazy. Yes. And I thought we saw some really cool stuff on the TV front this year. Stuff that we hadn't seen before. And obviously the, the stuff you'd expect was there. Bigger and higher mm-hmm. pixel density. But there's new technologies that were kind of being shown off this year too. So mini LED is a big one. So yes. mini LEDs and micro LEDs, mm-hmm. quantum dots and OLED. There are a lot of things that were impressive that I saw. So I was impressed sort of, I guess, I'm going to call them the three big TV manufacturers. So okay, Samsung sort of being all in on QLED, but also micro LED. Their sets look amazing. And I haven't been that high. Absolutely. On, I haven't been that high on QLED in the past. And actually, Andrew and I talked at an event about, about QLED. I know you're a big supporter of it. And I said, some of the QLED sets that I've seen, they just don't look as good as OLED. And you said, look at the, yes. the top end. You know, was that the 9 series? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I did, and I was really impressed, actually, with the blacks of those TVs. And that was always a knock on OLEDs, was that, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't get that bright, but the blacks are awesome. So now you've got the yes. quantum dot stuff where they get really bright, and now the blacks are very comparable. And that what used to be just on the 9 series is now kind of filtering down to the lower end TVs. So that's, you don't have to spend top dollar to get that awesome picture. So I thought Samsung did a really cool job, and they also showed off their giant wall TV and all the crazy stuff no one's really ever going to buy. LG, and I love that there's a different approach. LG is focusing on OLED and they were showing, you know, micro LED stuff as well. But I think LG's OLEDs are pretty widely regarded as the best OLED TVs in the business. And they looked amazing. They were, they were thinner. The brightness somehow looked even brighter, the blacks. Mm -hmm. And I know that they can't get any blacker than just being off, but to my eye, they still looked blacker. (laughs) It looked like, you know, it looked like Vanta black. I mean, it looked, it looked super dark. I think LG is doing an amazing job with their sets and, what surprised me also, and I did some sponsorship for them, but this isn't sort of a, a sponsor talking. This is more of like, wow, it's really cool. It's TCL. Yes. Who's done some awesome stuff with bringing the price down on awesome technology. They were showing their mini LED sets and they were kind of ballsy enough to show it right next to an OLED TV. Yep. And it was mini LED on glass. And I had a hard time telling which one was which. The only reason I could tell was the TCL TV was just brighter. The blacks looked the same. Yeah. So that was awesome. If you're in the market for a new TV, 2020 looks to be a baller year for you. Yeah, 2020 TVs are from all three, like you just mentioned. Fantastic. For me, what was interesting was TV has pretty much been the same. So it's been either the, is it four by three? It was four by three, which was like basically a square. And then we went 16 by nine. And those are the two aspect ratios that we've had for TV since the dawn of TV. Samsung and TCL, actually, both had these TVs that obviously, you know, we've had this thing where we have smartphones in our hands. They're generally 16 by nine. Sometimes they're two by one where the screen is a rectangle, but it is vertical. Right. So if you want to watch a video, you typically either have to turn your phone to the side or you're watching vertical video. If you're watching vertical video that's recorded on a phone on your TV, you just have this huge black emptiness on both sides and a very thin strip of video playing in the center of your TV. Samsung and TCL announced TVs that when you mirror your phone to the TV and you turn your phone vertical, the TV turns vertical. The TV automatically moves and changes orientation. And then when you change it back, the TV turns back. So now if you're watching TikTok, or Instagram stories or Snapchat or whatever it might be that's vertical that you want to watch on a bigger display, you get the full picture. You get to use every single pixel of your TV to see that content. And I was super interested 
in that. Like my first inkling was who's going to buy this? No one wants this. And then after about 30 seconds and you see it being used, you're like, wait a minute. Not everybody is like a 38, like me, like a 38 year old man who doesn't care about vertical video. If I was 19, 20, 21, I might be looking at this TV more seriously. So they're kind of trying to capture the future in the younger audiences with this TV tech. Did you see those? Yeah. And so there were a couple of brands had that same concept. I think the concept is really cool. TVs are heavy and that's a mechanism that rotates the TV. <laughs> so yes. while a cool idea, I can't see this being a really marketable product, though. Ooh, interesting. But I do see why they would do it. But still, I and I know a lot of folks watch vertical content on their phones, but how many are actually going to would watch it on the TV? I don't think enough that it would control a purchase. And also the sizes, at least right now, are limited to smaller sizes because obviously the bigger is heavier. So you're making a sacrifice on the size of the TV to sort of have that rotating functionality. I don't know. It it seems like something that is a cool idea and a cool concept and belongs at a show like CES, but probably doesn't have much of a future as a a consumer product, at least to my (laughs) eye. I'm curious. I am curious because I feel like as the younger generation grows up, are we going to see, I feel like vertical video, which is there's going to be more of it in the future, not less. So it's just interesting. I'm not, you know, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure if it's going to be something that people are going to want or not, but it was definitely interesting to see. The other thing for me, big one was Samsung has basically taken, I don't know how they did this, an LED TV made it bezel-less. It was basically 98% screen to body ratio. Oh, it looked so cool. Yes. So they put out a picture of it earlier in the morning before the press event. And I I was on Twitter saying, you know what, this is cool, but no one should be buying an edge lit TV in 2020. You want the best picture you can get. You need full array backlighting. Then I go to the press event and they're like, hey, by the way, this is full array backlit. I'm like, how did how did you what you made a TV this thin with no bezel full array backlit? It was gorgeous. It looked beautiful. And the picture 8K. It's high dynamic range, obviously, and it has the next generation processor in it to do AI on your mm-hmm. on the picture. So if you're looking at something, let's just say TCI, for example, or TCL, rather, we take TCL. They don't have like the best processor in their TV, so they can give you an sure. 8K picture and they're going to upscale everything to 8K. And it, it will look very good. Don't get me wrong. But that's like the old school version of upscaling. What Samsung yeah. is doing is they're taking a chip and saying, OK, this is the sky. This is a person. This is a tree in real time and not just upscaling, but actually optimizing the picture frame by frame to make it look good in 8K. In a lot of cases, lower resolution content looks better on a Samsung 8K TV than it would natively on a 4K or 1080p set. And I was blown away. These are actually coming to market, right? Like These are their 2020 lineup. Correct. Yeah, this is the uh, 950TS series from Samsung. Is this a new TV for you? (laughs) So what's ridiculous is I think so. (laughs) So (laughs) I have last year's TV. So the thing that I do when I buy any new tech, right, because a lot of people like, how are you always upgrading all your stuff all the time? I take whatever was the last thing that I bought and I basically use that. I call I tell my wife, like, this is my coupon. So I sell the old one. It's not like I just buy the new one and then the old one goes in the trash. I sell the old one and then I use that money towards the new one. So it's, I'm paying more like an upgrade fee than paying like for a sure. whole new thing. So when I saw the TV, you know, my only complaint about Samsung, literally only complaint is that they refuse to pay Dolby to license the Dolby Vision technology. So they hang their hat on HDR 10 plus, which they say and, and was accurate, 
there's way more HDR 10 plus content out there than Dolby Vision. Sure. This was true until Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus launched, which both do Dolby Vision. So now they can't use that same argument. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, but that's my only complaint. And it, quite honestly, it's a minor complaint because if you're watching something in HDR, you're getting a fantastic picture. And it's it's way more obvious going from non-HDR to HDR than it is HDR to Dolby Vision. So when you look at their TVs, like the price for performance with Samsung, I think is the best, the best value if you want to go high end versus something like LG, where you want to get an 8K OLED, that's going to be like a $20,000 TV, I maybe know, 15 that, this that, year. I was all high on all the other tech and I saw the 8K OLED. I'm like, crap, that just looks so so good, but it's going to have to be, you know, you have to get a mortgage to pay for it probably. Right, right. Or, you know, you're (laughs) you're basically, you can either buy a car or you can buy the LG OLED 8K or you get something that's like 99% as good from Samsung and it'll cost like 33% less. So TVs at CES, a big deal. And of course, value. You mentioned TCL. If you want to value TV this year. TCL, I don't know if anybody's beating them for the price. I completely agree. All right. So that's CES. That's TVs. I do have a couple more things I want to talk about from CES, which we will do after the break. So stay tuned. A little tease. A little bit of a tease. Even more cool tech from CES coming right up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental story of the week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Big thank you once again to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, John, I've got two more pieces of tech I want to talk about from CES specifically. So not not general tech, but two products that I saw that kind of had me excited about, again, the future. And the future is now because these products are coming out this year. So first product, do you remember, or not remember, they're still around, now I'm forgetting the name. Was it Magic Leap? Yep, Magic, no, Magic Leap. Leap. Yep. So Magic Leap, they've raised a ton of money and they've been working on AR glasses for like 10 years. And they pretty much have nothing to show for it. They're still working on it. They're still raising money. A lot of investors are excited about the tech, but they haven't really shown much. At CES, I meet with this random company called Nreal. So the letter N and then the word real all together. They're making what they're calling mixed reality glasses. These glasses are not a huge headset. It's not like the HoloLens where you have to put on this huge thing or an Oculus Quest or anything like that. It looks like a pair of just a little bit thicker sunglasses. They fold up. You can put them in your pocket. You can hang them on your T-shirt, whatever. So you take these glasses, you unfold them, you put them on. On the right-hand stem, there is a USB-C cable that you can pull out, kind of like a seatbelt, how you can pull it out and it. Yeah, it comes out of the glasses. And then when you're done, you can store it back in there. You plug it into an Android device, USB-C, a Snapdragon 855 or better processor on your phone, instantly turns your world into mixed reality. Instantly uses the power of the phone. Plug it in. Any Android app becomes a display in your field of view. You could be sitting on a plane, on a bus, 
standing anywhere, you know, it, you're just anywhere, living room. You see what's the equivalent of a 110 inch display in front of you. You can take that display, you can move it around, bring it to you closer to your eyes, put it further away, throw it up on the wall if you want to. You have your Android home screen, any app you open, everything can be seen in this view. So if you want to open Netflix or YouTube and just watch a movie in 110 inches, your brain thinks it's looking at a 110 inch screen and it's perfect. But it also is a platform for developers to create mixed reality experiences. So not just looking at 2D content, but actual 3D content that you can interact with. So I play this game. They say, launch this game. It's a zombie attack game. I launch the game. All of a sudden, zombies are all around me. And to be clear, you're looking through these glasses. So you're not, it's not like a, an Oculus Quest where it's VR, where you can't see anything around you. You can see everything that's in your room. So you can see your TV. You can see your desk. You can see people. If there's people in the room with you, you're looking through these glasses. It just augments what you're looking at. So all of a sudden, standing in the room with me is a pack of zombies trying to take me out. And it's my job to kill them by throwing stuff at them using the smartphone. So I'm swiping on a smartphone and turning around left and right. You can hear them because it has 3D audio. Because if there's one, if there's one thing that kills zombies, it's throwing stuff. That's it. You just throw stuff at their heads and they go down. So, but you know, it's just a simple demo, like showing how we can bring things like the zombies as they're coming towards you, their feet are on your floor. They're not just floating in the air. So the glasses have, you know, cameras and everything built in. They're small, but it allows the glasses to scan the room so it knows where the surfaces are. So zombies are going to walk around a table if there's a table between you and them. Their feet are on the floor rather than floating. So it's really cool. Then it was like, okay, so besides games, let's show you something else. They take me to a virtual showroom. So it was unbranded, but let's just say Adidas. Imagine you wanted to pick up some clothes from Adidas, some clothes and shoes. And on the table in front of me appeared several mannequins all wearing different Adidas gear. They were maybe about six inches tall. I could select a mannequin, put it on my floor, and it would blow up to human size. All right, that's cool. Then you can take the mannequin and say, you know what mannequin, instead of you being a store mannequin, I want you to be a mannequin that uses my exact height, my exact measurements. So you are gonna match my body type. Now, here are the clothes I wanna put on you to see what they look like, not just together, but on my body. And then you can buy what you put on the mannequin. If you like how it looks, you just add it to your cart and check out. So the mannequin that's just sitting there, you can get up, you can walk around, you can look at its, the top of the mannequin, you can bend down, look at the shoes, see how everything's fitting. It was incredible. This is the future. These Enreal AR glasses are coming in early 2020. They will work with, like I said, flagship level Android devices, not iOS just yet, but so cool to see this kind of tech that I didn't think what we were going to be seeing for like another year or two. When people talk about Apple making AR glasses, like yeah. this is kind of it. So that was very cool, number one. Number two, you're a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. Fair. We have families. We do. There's one Lots thing when you, when, you <laughs> when you have a family and a home, one thing that you worry about is protecting the family and the home, correct? Yeah, of course. You want to make sure everybody's okay. You want to make sure the stuff you have in your house is okay as well. A company called Sunflower Labs, they're making this product that is a drone-based security system. So you set a few sensors and cameras around the perimeter of your home. So let's just say your home has four corners. You set up four cameras around your home, one in each corner. You can then set 
the level of sensitivity? Do you want it to sense anything, including a car driving by? Do you want it to sense animals? Do you want it to just sense people? Whatever it might be. Emergencies like fire, things blowing in, you know, it depends where you live. If you have like tornadoes or whatever, where you live, you might want it to sense that. Once it recognizes one of these things. So let's say for me, I say, you know what? Between the hours of 9 p.m. and 8 a.m., if there's a human being in the perimeter of my home, I want to know about it. It'll look for it. It'll send you an alert. But then when it happens in your backyard, there is a drone that deploys. So this drone lives in like a robotic box. So it's protected from the elements. When it senses a threat or whatever it is you want it to find, this box robotically opens up. The drone deploys, flies directly up into the air, goes directly to where it sensed the person but stays, you know, up in the air so the person can't just like jump up and grab it out of the air, goes directly and gives you a live video feed. I mean, that's cool. Showing you what the threat might have been. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you can look at it from your phone or your tablet, whatever it might be. Now, you can also just deploy the drone whenever you want to. So let's say we're at CES. We just want to check back on the house, see what's up. We can deploy the drone right from our phone and watch the video feed. But the cool part is that it's also doing this automatically and it sends you the video feed when it finds something and you can also have it send the feed to others. Very cool security system. And this is kind of like, you you know, when tech is cool, it's great. But when you take cool tech and make it functional, this to me is an example of using a drone, not just to be cool and get like cool footage, but to actually serve a greater purpose. So when's it coming and when can we buy it? (laughs) It is coming this year. I didn't get the exact date, but it's coming this year. It is $10,000 expensive but it's not so crazy right it's expensive but i mean when you think about having a self-deploying video streaming drone that can automatically detect threats i mean it sounds like something that likely should be it shouldn't be cheap like if you want it to work really well it has to be built well and it shouldn't be cheap and so from what i saw it was built very nicely looks cool and yeah coming this year so so this is kind of a personal story. I talked about this a little bit uh, ago, but my parents' house was robbed a couple okay. months ago. And I had cameras installed at their house, obviously, but they knew where their internet and phone lines were and cut them. So a system wow. like this, what happens if the internet still goes down or internet gets cut if there really is a legitimate threat? Now, I believe that I heard them say that it can use your Wi-Fi. And if you want, you can also have it use cellular. There you go. So that's- So that you have a backup. Love it. I'm in. So, yeah. I'd buy one. Yeah. Sunflower Labs. Just if you're if that sounds interesting to you as a listener, Sunflower Labs. Look them up. You'll see videos from CES. Very cool. So yeah, that was CES though. That was CES in a uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean in a in 35 minutes, uh, two segments of the show dedicated to CES. But um, we have one more segment, and it is another John <laughs> story. So after the break, John's going to talk to us about switching. Android. Yes. Is that fair? Fair. All right. That's coming up after the break. A big thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring this week's episode of Geared Up. If you're a podcaster, then Podcorn should be on your radar. It's a marketplace that connects podcasters with amazing sponsorship opportunities. So this includes host red ads like this one, but also includes things like interview segments with brands, topical discussions about products and services and more. The nice thing about Podcorn is it's a directory of available sponsorship opportunities, but there's no middleman. 
As the podcaster, you contact and work directly with the brand within the Podcorn interface. I've been a member for a couple of months now, and it's actually grown quite a bit. At this point, I think there are advertisers basically for shows of any topic and any size. You just log on to Podcorn and scroll through and look at the different sponsorship opportunities that are available. If you see something you like, you can contact the brand directly and give them your pitch. If you want to check out Podcorn for yourself, just head to podcorn.com slash podcasters. And I'll also include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, big thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode of Geared Up. All right. So I'm going to share a story. And Andrew, you can probably relate. Maybe somebody listening here is, is also a content creator. But okay. when you make videos or any content online, there's people who watch and there's people who comment. And yeah. oftentimes, you know, obviously the people who are commenting are watching, but the majority of folks are not commenting on your videos. So as a creator, you sure. can oftentimes get caught up in what people are saying and ignore a bigger picture. Yes. So, you know, I'm keenly aware that the commenters in a lot of my videos are like, oh, Apple, everything's about Apple, Apple, Apple. But I'm also keenly aware that almost every video comes in at over 90% thumbs up. Mm, okay. So, you know, there's different things you have to manage. But I'm also aware that my once very strong working knowledge of Android that came from using Android you know, for at least mm -hmm. half the year is maybe not as strong as it once was. You know, Samsung comes out with a new phone. I test it for a few months, do a review, and then generally I would go back to the iPhone. Yeah. And as a creator and somebody who's needs to be an expert, especially in the mobile space, I felt like there was a gap in my knowledge. So I am going to switch to Android and commit to switching to Android for a period of several months and not for the sake of making a video on it, you know, and then a video on switching back. Like I know a lot of people are probably going to presume, but more just for my own knowledge to sort of increase my understanding of Android and try probably every three weeks to switch to a different Android phone and to try the Wear OS ecosystem to try Samsung's Tizen wearable ecosystem. Sort of keep the knowledge base to a place where I can still be looked at as an expert in the field. And sort of in between, you know, Apple launches, it's a quiet time. There's no really new iPhones probably coming until September. It seems like a good time to sort of increase my own knowledge because something that I need to do for myself and see what I'm missing out on, what I have been missing out on. You know, I've, I dual carry phones all the time, but yeah. you don't get that full experience unless you're using that device for everything right okay so just to be clear because when be we clear. you mentioned earlier that we talked we, we have a little powwow before we go live Ew. you told me about this story and i sent you i quickly Correct. sent you two videos <laughs> from your channel one that was from four months ago called i'm switching to android and one yep. that was from three months ago <laughs> that says you were right i'm switching again where you switch back to ios so what you're saying is this is not that you're not doing a test for a video you're actually no doing this to become a more well-rounded and more educated. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for my own. Ordinarily, ordinarily, I wouldn't even talk about it. I'd more just be like, hey, like, you know, a few months ago, I've been using Android for a while. You know, here's some things that I have learned. But since we have a podcast, we talk about it. This is sort of something that I, I want to do. I think there's a lot of amazing things that the Android world offers. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced most of them. You know, I, I've used Android. I still use Android. But usually it's a second device. If I'm not testing or reviewing. So but a smartwatch is one of them, though. I mean, I love smartwatches. Smartwatches, smart one of the great things that Android offers. No, no. I, I think when it comes to the, the wearable side, you know, the Apple Watch is better. But in all fairness, I have not tried the current crop of Wear OS watches. Okay. And I have not at length tested the current crop of Samsung's Tizen watches. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Active S2, for example, yeah. is one that I'm excited to try. 
So again, maybe I'm biased by saying, oh, it's not going to be as good because I've heard it's not as good. Right. You know, but maybe actually using it for months, I'll have different experiences. And then, you know, when the period's over, then I'll probably talk somehow about, you know, the experience and, you know, what, what I'm doing next and that kind of stuff. But this isn't for the sake of a video. It's more for the sake of my own knowledge as an expert. So I'm excited for Unpacked. Samsung's Unpacked right. coming next, next month. You know, there have been a lot of leaks from the folks at XDA. So I'm excited for the S20. Like, I'm yeah, gonna, S20. Assuming, assuming the leaks are real, I'm excited for that S20 Ultra 5G. I've I switched to Verizon. I, I want to try, you know, the, the very limited 5G. I want to try the best that Verizon <laughs> has to offer. As we sit here, I'm, I'm charging my OnePlus 7 McLaren edition. So I've got a lot of things that I want to try. I'm, I'm staring at my Note 10. So I, I'm excited to try it. And, you know, just, just to increase my own knowledge base. And I think yeah. it's something that a lot of folks in our industry could probably benefit from doing. So question for you, does this impact your daily life in a way? So not talking from a tech expert point of view, but rather, for example, for me, if I were to switch fully to Android, I lose a lot of the ecosystem functionality that I'm used to. For example, mm -hmm. if I want to airdrop something quickly from my phone to my laptop or vice versa, very quickly do that because I have an iPhone. I have a lot of HomeKit devices that I use in my house. So I quickly, you know, I can use my iPhone to talk to Siri and control things that way. Do you have things like that that you're going to have to make a change on basically how you live day to day? There's a lot of things that I have. So I use a Mac for all my file manager for the business. So I always, if I sign a contract, I'll just save it to files from my phone. You know, I'll have to find workarounds for that with maybe Dropbox. I share mm -hmm. photos with my 90-year-old grandparents on Apple's Photos app. We've shared galleries there. So I can mm -hmm. find, you know, workarounds for that. Continuity, copying passwords on my iPhone and pasting it on my Mac or iPad are things that I do all right. the time. And it's because, and certainly, you know, iMessage and FaceTime. And it's been because of those reasons that I've always come back to the iPhone. And why I've always carried two devices, at least for the most part. There's been exceptions yep. in there where I switched to Android for long periods of time. But sort of forcing to make those changes, are those just perceived difficulties, in all honesty? Is using something like Telegram mm -hmm. or WhatsApp going to give me the exact same experience I'm not going to miss iMessage? Is Dropbox going to give me a better experience than you know, using iCloud Drive? Is that going to be better mm -hmm. than that? You know, as far as sharing pictures with my grandparents, I have an iPad. Do I just need to download my photos at night on my iPad that I took on Google Photos? That's very easy to do. So you're not um, saying that you're going, you're not cutting Apple out of your life. No, you're no, still I'm not using cutting. iPad. You're just saying for your smartphone specifically. For, for the phone. And obviously okay. an Android is the dominant ecosystem in the world. What am I missing? Am right. I limiting myself? I'd be like, ah, it's just easier for me to use iMessage. Like maybe that's foolish. Maybe carrying two devices when I switch to Android has been a limiting factor in my knowledge base. Mm -hmm. um, so doing this is sort of my way of being like, let's, let's hit the reset button a little bit and let's see how things go. Are you excited about this or are you nervous about this? Where are you at? No, I mean, I've used Android enough. To, like, I'm not nervous about it at all. You know, if Unpacked wasn't coming up, I'd probably bite the bullet and pick up a Galaxy Fold and be like, okay, that's a different experience. Like, that's something mm -hmm. that I could never get sure. that experience. That never get that experience from Apple, right? Like, that's not a form factor I could ever get. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to try different devices. You know, with the iPhone, it's do you want the big one or the small one? Right. right. Like, right. Hey, by that, the way, that's your decision. Yes. Well, I mean, this year it's going to be a little different for the iPhone. But at CES, going back to not to go back to CES. But we did have a big scavenger hunt that you part you and I were we against each other. It was every man for himself. And you, you, you had you had help. You had, you had help, too. But what I'm saying is that you I'm saying the hosts of Geared Up were not a team. That's no, it's point. true. We were against each other. For some reason, 
<laughs> you're so enthralled by foldables that you took extra time I did. to hang out with the Motorola Razor. I'm assuming that's one of the phones, or you tell me, is that one of the phones that you're excited to use or was trying it out? Absolutely. So now I can try okay. that stuff and I can, I can yes. use it for longer than like, oh, a couple of weeks and do a review. Like I can actually right. use it as my only phone. If the rumors are true and Samsung's got their flippable, not the Fold 2, but sort of the clamshelly Razor yeah, yeah. style, I think Z Flip is what it's rumored to be called. That's awesome. I can try that stuff. That's something you cannot get from the Apple world. It's something the way right. I had always done things. I'll switch for a couple of weeks, I'll do my review, and then I'll go back. You know, but there's things in that world that I'm probably missing out on. And maybe I'm doing a detriment to myself and my audience by not doing that. I know it sounds so silly and such like first world problems to be like, I'm switching to an Android. <laughs> but in our industry, ecosystem is huge. Absolutely. So leaving that ecosystem is something that I'm kind of looking forward to trying and trying a new ecosystem and trying workarounds and I'd imagine that there's workarounds for absolutely everything. Those experiences and workarounds might be better than the originals. Right. I'm excited to hear. Like, by the way, if you're listening to the show, if you have questions about this process, if you've been thinking of switching from iPhone to Android or Android to iPhone, drop us your questions or comments or even your advice for John. If you've already done this, you can catch us online on Twitter at Andrew Edwards at John. Wait, is it just John for Lakers on Twitter, right? John for Lakers and Instagram. We finally got the name changed from Techno Buffalo. It is John Rettinger at long last. There you go. So yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think about this change. If you've done it before, if you have advice or if you're curious about it, we'll obviously be following up on this. This won't be the only time we talk about this. I'm sure. When is day one of the change? Honestly, I keep staring at the Galaxy Fold. Because I should just buy one, but I feel like this goes <laughs> unpacked. This goes unpacked. It's foolish to buy a Galaxy Fold mm. in case something new comes out. So probably mm-hmm. when I think probably when the S20s. Hey, whenever those come out. Okay. I think that or when be, you get your review unit. Yeah. So now whenever we get those, I'm presuming sometime into February is probably okay. when I'll make the switch. And I think I'm probably so going to start. Away. Yeah. Probably start with the active S2 for the watch and the Samsung announce something new and switch over to maybe the new Moto 360, which is sort of running the new Wear OS and sort of try those two and just see what it's like. I, I do. I do need a smartwatch. I've gotten very used to it. And I don't want to sort of lose that part of, sort of how right. I conduct my business. Okay. Hey, I am interested to see how this works out, especially from someone like you who I know loves Apple products. So this will be very interesting for me to, to observe. I'm going to be an observer. I'm not committing to doing this myself. I'm going to live vicariously through you. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just something I'm, I'm excited to try. Perfect. Well, hey, that's the show. CES, security drones, AR glasses, new TVs, and John will be switching to Android in about a month. I I call that a packed show. That's a busy, that's a full show. So, hey, we'll be back next week. We're back on our typical schedule. So until then, this is Geared Up. See you guys later. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.